Welcome to the From the STEM Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 13 of the From the STEM Up podcast. I'm baffled, it's already September. This quarantine has been so long, but so short at the same time. And I feel like this podcast has really been the only consistent part of my like routine. So I don't think without it, I would really know what day of the week it is. Because I always have to think about, you know, it's Tuesday, I should upload my podcast. And so that's really helped me keep track of time. But I'm glad that now that school is starting, I'll probably have more of a consistent schedule and obviously less free time. But don't fret. I have a lot of pre-recorded podcasts from this summer. I've gone bonanzas with uh, recording the episodes. And so this first episode will be one from um, July 2020. And I'm really excited because this individual is really knowledgeable about uh, youth activism and altruism. So I'm excited to talk about this kind of stuff. So, hey, Yahya, how are you doing today? Hi, thank you for the kind words. Uh, my name is Yahya. I'm from Egypt, and I currently live in Oshawa. Uh, I'm 17, and two fun facts about me. Uh, I'm in a podcast right now, <laughs> and I'm generally an adventurous person, which has and still is helping me with seeking as many awesome opportunities as possible in my life. That's awesome. Is this your very first podcast? Uh, I hosted a little podcast. Well, I wouldn't call a podcast with a few friends back in seventh grade, so I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, nice. This one's highlighting you. So what's your favorite thing about living in Egypt? I think one aspect of any place in the world that's overlooked is the social atmosphere. And I think that Egypt thrives in that characteristic. Everywhere you go, there are people going out of their way to help you in any way they can. And that's what really built me to who I am today. That's amazing. If I were to ever visit Egypt, where would you recommend I go? I'd recommend you go to Luxor and Aswan. Um, they're very um, native places. It's where you will find uh, most of the indigenous people there. Uh, and also, I'd say Luxor because it's where ancient Egypt really, uh, you see most of the tombs and most of all the artifacts that you, that you can know about uh, ancient Egypt there. So I'd say those two places are really uh, fun to experience. Oh man, that's amazing. Like I think... A lot of people know about ancient Egypt, but never really consider the the amazing things that are happening in modern life in Egypt. And I really want to yeah, explore that. Yeah. Yeah. So jumping into a little bit of like the STEM aspect, what does STEM mean to you? So STEM to me is the ability to use creativity and innovation to benefit the people of tomorrow. Uh, especially in today's world, many people are suffering in various ways, as you can see this year, especially. Uh, and I believe that it's everyone's duty to help one another in new and efficient ways. And I think that the vast STEM community has the potential to do just that. Exactly. And it's amazing that we're using technology to connect with each other during this period of time. We're using technology to develop vaccines. Yeah, totally. So without STEM, we wouldn't be able to fight our way through this pandemic and even humanitarian crises that are happening around the world today. So Exactly, yeah. And I know you were very involved with humanitarian initiatives. When did this mm -hmm. journey begin and how has it shaped you? So actually, that's one reason I said this one. Uh, 
Uh, I was on a school trip in eighth grade where we went to a few impoverished villages in the native land of Aswan, Egypt. Uh, schoolmates and I were chatting with the indigenous people there when one of them started uh, tearfully talking about how difficult the living situation is and how bad they have it there. And for a small Nubian native village that's what, that's been neglected for years, uh, as small eighth graders, it was a challenge empathizing with them, right? Um, but we helped anyway. We helped build them a large community building and we painted five of their eight homes in that village. And I think a good takeaway is we couldn't empathize, but we helped anyway. And I think that experience, as many experiences after in my life, uh, it really helped me sympathize for those who have different obstacles in life. And for that, I'm forever grateful for. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to touch on the one humanitarian organization you organized. How did this experience lead to that humanitarian organization? So one thing that really stood out is you see, even even if you can't really see it explicitly, you see many people um, desperate for help and society can't give them that, mainly because um, it's not built to help everyone. But that's why that's what people are for. People are there to help others. And what we strive to do uh, in in the in our humanitarian organization is to really uh, help those who are vulnerable, help those who don't really understand what's going on in the world. And that normally leads to confusion. So we want to explain that. We want to tell them this is how you can stay safe. This is how. Um, you can understand the world that you're living in. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how you you could really empathize with them and you wanted to help. But for those of us that are living here in our bubble in North America or any other place that is not really able to connect with um, people living in worse conditions than us Mm -hmm. and are not able to meet them as you did, how are we able to utilize technology to help these people? So one thing that uh, NASA's actually been doing is they've been using their uh, Earth orbiting satellites to understand uh, why these impoverished places are impoverished, why there's no water going to some places in Africa, why there's always droughts, why there's always hurricanes, and why there's always devastation. And what they got from there is they help organizations like the Red Cross and they help organizations uh, that are as big as the Red Cross to go to these places and help there. And I think one way technology could really further help with that is if we could make things faster, if we could help faster. You saw in, for example, the flooding that happened in uh, Ottawa, right, last year, where there were days before humanitarian aid came. And that, I feel, could be helped way better if, uh, if it was put with technology. It could be way more efficient with technology and innovation. Exactly. And I think, um, especially with a lot of the issues we've had now, I think that a lot of um, movements such as the BLM movement, they were there before, but now they're being amplified a lot more because of technology. And it's having exactly. um, a lot more beneficial effects than negative effects, which is, which is really great. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's helping spread these issues towards youth 
how important do you think youth are, like Gen Z, in in combating humanitarian uh, issues? I think, although sometimes it's abused totally, I think one uh, one takeaway would probably be social media, because that's where you'll find most of uh, the Gen Zers. Um, with that, you can really spread your message with social media. Not only that, you can also really go to these places, right? Because there's get, people need help everywhere, right? Here on here in Ontario, poverty is a big issue that's being solved by volunteers. It's not being solved, but it's being mitigated by volunteers, right? So I think you can influence anyone. You can influence any group of people who are. Um, having uh, obstacles in their life that they shouldn't have. You can impact them greatly by just helping in any way you can, really. And I think that's one thing that uh, us youth really understand more than the, uh, than the previous generations, which is a good sign. Yes, totally. And I'm seeing a lot of um, new platforms such as TikTok. And as you said, like in some ways it was being abused, but I think many people are starting to understand um, how to vocalize in the right ways using technology, because we are the first generation to really have this platform in order to um, expose various issues that weren't really um, in the spotlight before or in the media before, which is really awesome. So where do you want to take your involvement surrounding humanitarian initiatives next? Um, So I wish to impact as many people as I can by doing what I can for them whether it's humanitarian aid, whether it's activism. Um, One other main goal that I have is to inspire others to contribute to their community. Uh, Many people don't realize the power of like humbly leading by example, which is like showing others that you can do something that leaves a mark in people's lives. Uh, And that motivates them to do the same. And it's really a cycle. The more people do, the more people get inspired. And that's where... I think change really prospers. Awesome, yes, and I and I really um, connect with you with that. And I think that is a really great goal to have is just to constantly do things to help yourself and others, and it will keep you motivated in things such as maybe you want to start a business, like a social um, enterprise, or maybe you want to just like an organization or a club in your school, or start a social media page. Um, help people to sign petitions or donate to places, but always lead to that call to action um, and make sure that if you really want to help in a certain way, then make sure you're researching a lot about it and that your friends and family know about ways to solve it as well. So then that message can be spread. Yeah, I totally agree with you, especially with the researching it well. Um, there were many instances where um, in the past two months in the past two months at least where there was misinformation being spread in massive amounts in Instagram for a few days and people were just complying with it because oh um, I have more activism and that's something I'm gonna like touch up upon later which is performative activism where you blindly uh, support a cause or a part of a cause which um, might not fit your ideals. So uh, what I say to uh, the listeners listening is research what you're doing first. Research what you're supporting. Uh, Most of the time, it's something good that you're supporting. 
but also research it well. Mm-hmm. And that definitely is an example of one of the biggest issues of social media and and um, the internet. It's, it's just um, misinformation. So even with the COVID-19 pandemic, we called it like an infodemic because I think the World Health Organization once said, don't wear masks, but now it's obligatory to wear masks. And so things are spread much more quickly, but they're not being reviewed as much as before. And so a lot of times um, misinformation is being spread. Most of the time it's not intentional, but I think with the rapid spread of news using technology comes a little bit of setbacks. And I think before you share something, you need to reflect and go to various sources and maybe even if it takes waiting a day until you post it, just to make sure it is concrete and right. So then exactly. that kind of thing doesn't happen in the future. Yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you are very into helping others, which I truly support. What are your future career goals? So I'm a very like quote unquote plan ahead kind of person. So I kind of have it thought out. Um, so my plan is to hopefully become a pediatrician, a psychiatrist or trauma physician. Nice. And what about these careers interest you? So with pediatrician and trauma, um, it's mostly helping, uh, those who really can't like help themselves, which are, uh, children and of course people who are in distress and immediate distress. Uh, and those, I think if you kind of impact someone who can't really help themselves, I think that really puts like a special place in someone's life. Right. And uh, I feel like I can be part of that. Uh, And with psychiatry, it's also vulnerability, but it's also mental health wise. Uh, A lot of, a lot of times mental health is being looked over, uh, especially with school and universities and all of that, where, Oh, just let's uh, bombard them with tests and see how they go. Uh, And I want to really like help them. Uh, kind of go through with life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially now, I think mental health is being put on the spotlight as well. But also, it's a it's a it's a pretty hard time for a lot of people, um, especially with everything. Like once we've slowed down because of the pandemic, we have really seen a lot of other problems we never really fixed when we were going about our day to day life yeah. before. So totally. I think that's putting a lot of burden on people. But I think mm-hmm. without that burden, it wouldn't be solved so it is a little bit of a difficult period but we need that difficult time to really expose those issues and and work to solve them yeah totally all right with that i think i'm just going to head on to the break and afterwards we're going to talk a little bit more about what yahia is doing so i hope you guys enjoy that break (laughs) guess what from the stem up now has a new website which is from the stem up.media There you can find all the sign-up links. You can find the link to the Discord server where you'll be able to meet all the listeners and opportunities in STEM and advice in STEM will also be there as well. And obviously all the links to listen to the podcast. So make sure to check it out. All right. I hope that break was relaxing. For this next segment, I wanted to change it up and talk about the altruist. So can you describe what this initiative is and your inspiration behind it? Uh, With The Altruist, we're focusing on changing youth journalism. Um, However hard we try being unbiased, we fall short because good and bad in terms of world issues and use is really undefinable. So we found a new metric, a new measure to use in explaining the news, which is rationality. 
um, accuracy and unbiased presentation therefore becomes a byproduct when we're rational. It's a byproduct of our organization, really. Our goal as great reporters behind, before us, like Ida B. Wells and Walter Cronkite, uh, is to play rationality versus irrationality instead of good versus evil. Uh, we're focused on pinning down the faults and accuracies uh, of statements and actions from all sides of the spectrum, of the political and social spectrum, and use this to help make change. We explain the problem as a whole from both sides rather than taking one side or the other. And I think that really will uh, have people have their own implicit opinions without us feeding them that. We want to take it further by integrated donations and charitable support since news is just one aspect of our platform, which is for education. Uh, that way, news becomes a literal pathway to good action and goodwill, which isn't just a long list of to-dos on becoming woke, right? This is about making change. This is about pure goodwill. And secondly, a main integration to the altruist is an initiative called the Spirit Project, a Y before the T. It's kind of a little uh, play of the name. So at Spirit, we aim to destroy the stigma around mental health. We hold truth to the fact that being mentally healthy is a right to every person. And we bring awareness to issues like depression and anxiety in terms of the social aspect rather than the biological. Uh, we have a cohort here in Southern Ontario and another cohort in Cairo, Egypt. Mm -hmm. So it's different from things like the Guardian or the New York Times where it'd be more like about social issues and a lot, a lot more unbiased and nonpartisan kind of thing. Is that like, yeah. 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 So instead of like taking sides with, oh, the Republican party is better than the democratic or the democratic is better than the Republican. We will explain why, what the main issue is, right? Like why is it such an issue that these two sides can't really um, become one, right? Exactly. And um I will I will link the Ultras website and social medias in the podcast description. What are your future goals for the Ultras? I know you guys kind of already just started out, but where do you want to take it? So what we really strive for in terms of our future is really put the user's interests first, right? We want to develop efficient and creative ways to have people understand the news in a very non-black and white matter, right? We want to build a community of people who make change, of, you know, altruists, right? Because uh, in the end, this is a, a solely foundational humanitarian organization, right? Um, not only we're a news magazine, but we're also inspiring change. We're also creating change. So that's one really important aspect of what we try to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I and I really like how you're planning to donate to uh, your partner organizations that contribute to good causes as well, which is really awesome. And I think that the Altruist, just looking at its brand and its mission statement and everything that's about it, I, th I think it's a really great initiative and I hope really good things for the future. Thank you. <laughs> what would you say to those who aspire to impact their community for the better? So uh, I get asked this question far too many times. Uh, so I'm glad you asked it because it's especially important right now. Um, I would say the first step is to get a feel of what you're passionate about. Because uh, 
in general, everyone loves someone who's passionate about what they do. You can be passionate about music and become a good Samaritan. You can be passionate about anything, really, and become an impact in someone's life. Um, understanding and respect, secondly, uh, for those who you are helping, rather than judgment and pity, is an important thing, too. Nowadays, we see a ton of performative activism almost everywhere, uh, especially famous people and companies and just normal people that you, you would uh, consider your friends. They're mostly motivated by like showing off to their followers and in the figurative sense of the word, show how woke they are only when a global or local issue is quote-unquote trending. So I advise you guys to definitely not do that because you're helping your community to make an impact, not for Snapchat, right? Um, and lastly, uh, don't be let down because you feel you don't do enough. Every helping hand counts. Uh, take the revolutionary Black Lives Matter movement that's been happening since February. Many people have said things along the lines of, why would I sign petitions and donate if it doesn't make an impact? Uh, and millions of people think that way, right? It's an actual statistic. And I'll give you a thought. If the majority of people think that way, who will be there to make change? So I say whether it's humanitarian aid, activism, or even talking with a friend, every moment you put effort into changing the world for the better is worth it, a thousand times worth it. Exactly. And I really like how you said that a lot of the issues online are being covered as trends. Yes, it's awesome to get exposed to that. Maybe you didn't even know about that issue beforehand. So maybe social media was the sole platform that um, exposed you to that issue, which is great. Mm -hmm. But then if you really want to make an impact, continuing to put yourself forward with that and not only posting a repost of something after a day and then after a week, you're just continuing on with your daily life, which is okay. Like we all have our lives, but that just contributes to the idea of these movements being trends and instead of long-term issues. Mm -hmm. So I know it's really hard for the human brain to wrap their head around helping our world long-term. And, and, that's, and that's shown through things like climate change, where we really can't understand that if we keep, for example, um, flying planes, then that will contribute to climate change in the future. But we only realize the impact when it's already done. Yeah, that's, that's a really good statement that you just put out there, um, especially as Gen Z on social media. Yeah, totally. And uh, I like what you said about continuing to do change, which uh, unfortunately we've seen many people uh, sort of not do that with uh, the BLM movement and, cli and climate movement and all of that, where it's a few weeks of people saying, oh, um, I stand with climate change. I can't really, uh, I can't really like fly planes anymore. And then it's fine if you fly a plane. That's, that's like, might be like you're living your life you have to fly a plane to go to somewhere else right but you have to also be an active activist which is already in the word itself you have to be actively striving for change um, talk with your family about it talk with your friends about it um, some people who don't really can't get their head around it and they just deny that it's happening those people you might just not talk to them, right? Just as much as you'll try to change their minds, some, some of them don't, right? And that's fine. 
as long as you can impact as many people as you can to inspire change, that's, I think, is the most important thing. Mm. And I think like the main value is not really doing it for the appraisal of others, but really doing it for yourself and your community. And then that mindset will keep you long term. It's like it's like the same thing as, oh, I want to lose weight. Um, I'm just going to do it for my friends. But when you do it for your friends, the mentality becomes a little bit unreachable in a way because you don't really know your friend's expectations, but you know your expectations, you know what you can do as an individual. And when you do it for yourself and bettering others in your community, then that will become a much more long-term sustainable um, approach that you can take because you know your limits and you know the people that you can reach in your network. So try to capitalize on that. For example, if you're living in a region where you have a local climate organization and you are in the age range for that, and you are really interested in that kind of thing, join it because a lot of people around the world don't really have that opportunity. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. So I know you are super into helping others. And who is your biggest inspiration behind this? So the group of people that I kind of like aspire to most is definitely my family. Um, And my biggest inspiration is the support system that I have right now. My family and, of course, my friends who stuck through thick and thin with me, uh, I think those are the most important people that I have in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to have a support system around you, uh, whether it be a friend you met online or your friends or your family, your coach or your guidance counselor. Like it's, it's really great to have someone to turn to. I mean, if you don't have anyone to turn to, I would definitely go reach out to Yahya. Um, <laughs> I think he has a lot of great insights on things. I think I just one more question to link to the STEM aspect. Sure. So I know Altruist is kind of gaining traction on socials and you guys are hiring positions, starting to get the ball rolling. So what are some tips for starting like the social entrepreneur business what are your what are your tips to get started for our listeners who want to um, start that kind of thing so my biggest piece of advice is of course you have to have some sort of booster if whether it's uh, the cause that you're fighting for whether it's something that you really want to change in the world definitely get that Um, sort of boost that mental boost so you can motivate yourself to have the best product that you can whether it's a platform whether it's a physical thing or whatever when it comes to social entrepreneurship you really want to uh, be inclusive with your audience you want to have them relate to you Uh, you want to have them be gravitated towards things that they care about in case of the altruist it's problems in the world where stating the facts were not being opinionated at all. And that's something that we saw as kind of lackluster in today's society where everywhere you see, even even some of those private news magazines, everywhere you see there's some sort of bias, whether it's in the headlines or the content itself. So going back to social entrepreneurship, um, definitely have some inspiration, definitely include people as much as possible. If you want to do any sort of humanitarian aid or uh, humanitarian activism, then go back to uh, what I was talking about, how to uh, impact your community, which is you have to find your uh, flame, sort of, you know, you have to find your passion about what you want to change. And uh, I think doing something that you're passionate about, I think that's the most important thing 
about starting anything really, any project or whatever. Definitely. And I think the Ultras is really taking a different approach to um, spreading news and discussions surrounding news. So finding that market gap and then you want to focus on one specific demographic or one market. So maybe you want to reach to Gen Z. You need to um, cater to that. So maybe using platforms like Instagram. So I know, um, for example, Altruist uses Instagram to promote some of their new uh, features, which is awesome. And then from there, you can keep getting customer feedback and making sure that that organization is satisfying um, customers' needs. So yeah, um, social entrepreneurship doesn't really have to be such a formal business venture as I just um, described. It can be just like a club in your school. But whatever it takes, if you really care about the issue you're solving, then you'll be motivated to pursue that, especially if you have maybe a group of people around you and a support system. Yeah, totally. And I also want to stress about the whole support system thing. Uh, You have to have a group of people that really understand why you're doing this. So if you ever feel like you're in doubt, you can go to them and they will help you. Uh, I think that's uh, one thing that um, I sort of did and and some of my colleagues also did where we were doubtful about whether this feature is good enough or whether it will kind of be a, a devastation to the organization. Um, I think this, the whole support system aspect, I think that's, really, that's the most important part. Exactly, because there's always, always, always gonna be someone that doesn't like your organization. There's someone listening to this podcast right now that doesn't like it. Like maybe they aren't even listening to this right now because they probably went out of the podcast episode halfway through. But there's always going to be some criticism surrounding anything you do. But majority of the time, if you're doing something that you and your friends and your support system agree on and like, then that hate will just not really impact you as much or maybe even give you some, some important feedback to maybe cater to a larger group. But especially as an altruist, there's always going to be someone who's going to have an opposing um, opinion on your thing that you want to solve. And that's um, normal for every organization. I can't name one thing that at least one person doesn't like. So as an entrepreneur or someone who wants to start something, expect that and learn to accept it and maybe even learn from it. Um, As Yaki stated, like you can't really change someone's point of view the majority of the time. And if you can, that's great. But if you can't, then just move on and make sure you're impacting at least one person in the world and you're making a change. Yeah, it's important to note that you're not going to please everyone with whatever you're doing. The important thing to come out of it is how you, as a contributor to your um, cause, how you respond to it. Uh, Whether you take the constructive criticism out of that, out of their opinions, or whether you be butthurt and then just end the organization just because a few people said that it's bad. There's definitely two ways to going with it. And it really depends on what you feel personally rather than what they think. Because in truth, there's not really anyone that's going to know your organization as much as you do. Exactly. And if you believe in it, just keep pushing forward with it. There's going to be some days where you might doubt some of the things. Like I even doubted starting a podcast, but then I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should just like, when I look back on this in the future, I think I'll not have remorse that I didn't do it. Of course, for things like the altruist or any organization, that still holds true. So yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Um, Not really. No, I think I covered everything. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Yahya. 
as uh, usual. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I will have all his socials linked below. Make sure to give his personal profile a follow on Instagram as well. Make sure to check out Ultras' website and Instagram that I'll also have linked below. And finally, Yahya's LinkedIn if you want to connect with him and maybe Ultraist along the way. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious. See ya.